What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Shut Up. Keep going. Heyo, I'm Sydney Goodman. I'm Kate Franklin. And today we are going to explore our internet curiosities. Love, love to do it. You love to see it, hear it, hear it. It still is so weird to me that people can't see us, but that's fine. Yeah, in our last episode, I realized that you said thanks for listening, but I, I let it happen. No, you said <laughs> sorry. I was gonna say that's correct. I said the correct <laughs> you said thing. Thanks for watching whatever okay anyways <laughs> i'm just bossing you around okay um well this actually relates to our last episode a little bit mm-hmm. i think um i guess i had like ocean on the mind on the mind um it was raining earlier this week maybe that's so we why. had water h2o kind of h2o was i don't even i don't know how i got here but I'm talking, about, I'm talking about the Bermuda Triangle. Sweet. Good. I find that fascinating. I love it. I'm do you know sad a lot that, about it? No. Okay. I just think like what I do know about it is wild. Well, because here's the thing. I didn't know anything about it. Okay. I just always like it's like a cold. You hear about the Bermuda Triangle. Exactly. But what and is it? I was like, what even is that? OK, can I just pause, though, yeah. and let you know I'm sad because we're going to be talking about this very interesting phenomena and then my topic is like significantly <laughs> less interesting, but that's fine. Okay, keep going. But It'll balance around. it out. It'll balance stick it around. out. Stick, it, it, listen to the whole. Really good. Listen, listen to the, the whole thing. thing, and then please listen to the whole read thing. Read it and review it after. Please. Tell all your friends. Send it to your mom. So, the Bermuda Triangle, okay. Sydney. Some have called it the Devil's Triangle. Love it because of the crazy shit that happens there. Yeah. Though the U.S. government does not recognize the Bermuda Triangle as an actual geographic location or threat, which we will learn about, mm-hmm. uh, its legends have long painted a picture of death, mystery, and fear. Ooh, wait, who owns the Bermuda Triangle? Well, it's like an area of in, land. Uh-huh. I know nothing, I guess. I thought the wait, Bermuda I didn't Triangle even... was a triangle in the ocean. Yeah, it is. Yeah, who owns it? It's international, it international waters. waters. Oh, okay. Um, which we learned about on the last episode. If you didn't watch the last episode, you're, you should go watch so it. So specifically, I just had to look this up because I didn't look at... I just wanted the like juicy stories. But mm-hmm. geographically, the geographical area in the North Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> between Bermuda, Miami, Florida, and Puerto Rico. So it's like the triangle between those three areas. Okay. Great. Great. We got it. We know where we're looking at. Even William Shakespeare's play, The Tempest, are doing, I don't really know, but for those who do know, okay, is based upon tales of shipwreck in that area. Interesting. Um, so this has been a long standing. Well, even before that, our, well, he's not really a friend. Christopher Columbus passed through the Bermuda Triangle on his first voyage, and he recorded... Did he come out of the Bermuda? Was he a yeah, he, product of it? Well, probably. <laughs> probably. Um, he recorded a bursting flame of fire that struck through the sea and a strange light appeared in the distance a few weeks later. One of the most famous stories is in 1880, this famous ship called the Ellen Austin approached the foggy waters of the Bermuda Triangle and it encountered a fully stocked abandoned ship. So it was just a sh- like it was just like it encountered a normal ship but there was just no people on yeah. it. Yeah. So Seeing this as an opportunity to seize valuable cargo, they sent people onto the ship and uh, sail the journey back to, I think it was New York. Okay. And so they, they put people back. They were like, go to that boat and steer it. And they were like, cool, we'll do that. And they get on the ship and they, the fog comes in again and they lose the ship. They have no, like, they don't know where they went. And the people that were on the ship, like, everything was there. Like, it was like they just disappeared. The people that were originally on the ship, they, like, every, all the personal effects, all the cargo was on the ship. Isn't that so weird? And they don't know what happened? Yeah. Just the entire crew was gone. So then the crew from the Ellen Austin gets on, some of the crew, and they're like, let's take this stuff and, like, sell it. They get lost uh, in the fog. And when they are reunited the next day, 
there wasn't a trace of the other crew. They were all gone again. So basically they went, they, okay, sorry. I'm confused. So they find an abandoned ship. Mm -hmm. Then they're like, we're going to go on the abandoned ship. Mm -hmm. Then they get on the abandoned ship and they lose the original ship. No, no, no. They lose the people that have boarded the abandoned ship. So the abandoned ship is lost again. No, no, no. Let's let's trace this back. Okay. So a ship is is sailing, and they find a ship with no another ship with no people on it. Correct. So half of those guys get onto the abandoned ship, and they're like, "Wow, it's full of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, let's take it. Like, no one's here." So they're like, "Great, we're gonna sail it next to the other ship." So ship. A being the first ship, ship A. And ship B, the abandoned yeah. ship, are sailing next to each other. Yeah, but then ship B gets lost from view. Okay. Until the next day, ship B reappears and With everyone no that got on it was gone. What? Yes. What? No. Mm-hmm. No, that doesn't make sense. And then it keeps going. It keeps going. It keeps going. Then the captain of the Ellen Austin, which ship is ship A... A tries boarding it again but before he does that another fog comes through and the ship is vanished i don't there's no way i mean right Were they all like super high or something that's basically that i feel like anytime i hear like a historical thing that's my first thought is like who recorded this and were they like inebriated in some capacity even by accident I don't know. I they they, they honestly they just, have no idea what I happened. I mean, I know that's like the point of the Bermuda Triangle is that it's just like all this wild stuff happening. But I just wow. Yeah, it seems like what happened was like a game of telephone that like the it, something weird happened, and then everyone's subsequent retelling of it made it even weirder. And mm-hmm. so now, but the what really happened got lost so no one really knows but yeah but even if it's the people got lost on i know their... crazy isn't that creepy yeah i find like boats and shipwrecks very fascinating me too they, okay so i know that we were talking about the ocean and i was like previously and i was like love the ocean i'm not afraid bitch i am an afraid bitch when it comes to shipwrecks yes like they're when we used to go to the river growing up and we still do sometimes, but um, I wakeboard. And when you wakeboard, you know, you're sitting in the water for a while while you're waiting to go and you're strapping in and stuff. And there was one house that across from it had like a shipwreck. I mean, it was a boat that sank, but it's like a, it's not even a big, it's like a ski boat. So it's small. And that freaked me out. Yeah. Like the idea of like a massive like ship what oh it freaks me out so much yeah i hate it i used to well so growing up we had a neighbor and he was the little boy in the perfect storm do you know that movie no it's a like a action adventure movie from the 90s it he sounds like that he was the little boy in it and i don't think i ever saw it but i remember my mom talking about oh, it it's a george clooney movie yeah he plays uh, John C. Riley's son, which is so cool. I forget that John C. Riley is like not a comedy actor by trade because I feel like when I first like his like stepbrothers, first, yeah, yeah, and so it like really messed with my brain because I'm like, oh yeah, wait, he was like a like drama, like very serious. Man. I love him so much. Have you seen Chicago? Long, long, long time <sighs> ago. It's so, good. but it's so funny because I can't stand John C. Riley. Only because of wait, that's not even him. Never mind. I like him. He's fine. I was gonna say, what's his name? In the office, there's this guy that comes around, and it's not John C. Riley, but he's the guy that's also an anchorman with them. Yeah, and he like plays this just like super um, super obnoxious Todd Packer. Todd Packer. Yeah. Todd Packer yeah. makes me hate that guy. Well, and- John C. Riley's not even in Anchorman, is he? I thought he is. I don't know if he is. I mean, he might be. He's not. You're probably right. I just, I Maybe, love him Tal- so much. No, he's in Angerman 2. Oh, okay. He's in Talladega Nights. For a second. But he's in he's in yeah. Talladega Nights. And I think that in my head, those all group together. I think that's funny that he's in those movies. Because he was like in Paul Thomas Anderson movies. And like, he was in like Oscar movies. That's what I'm saying. I like, forget. What is that transformation? 
I don't know. I think it's range. Interesting. I love him. Um, I don't know very much about him. Anyways. Yeah. I'm terrified of shipwrecks. Anyways. Uh, I think the reason is perfect storm came out. I didn't even see it, but you know, when you just hear about movies and you're a little kid and then you imagine it and it's like, that's the worst possible thing I could oh, ever yes. visualize. That was me with Perfect Storm, and I was like, I'm going to die on a ship in the ocean. That's going to happen to me. And sometimes, do you ever go on... I feel like I talk about YouTube a lot on this podcast. I think I find myself on YouTube a lot. I do too. I sometimes just YouTube, like, my biggest fears, like, first... So I'll, like, YouTube, like, tornadoes, like, live tornado videos, and just watch them and be, like, so scared, but, like, also morbidly like curious about it and i watched one time i went on a rant about huge waves when you're on a ship and it is the scariest thing have you ever seen a huge wave hit a ship it is not in real life well like there'll be like a youtube video of someone on like a cargo ship when there's like a storm happening and it is like ungod like it's godly you know what i mean that's why the ocean is so incredible yeah wild but I can picture it only because I've seen it in like movies. I've never yeah. looked up a video. But it's like real. That, like that happens. Ugh, no. Stressful. The Bermuda Triangle. Okay. okay so another uh, disappearance is in eight, 1918. The U.S. Navy's fastest and largest and fastest fuel ship, the USS Cyclops, disappeared en route from the Caribbean to Baltimore with 309 crew members and never left a trace of what happened. Uh, so even though it was fully equipped with uh, distress equipment and signals, it never gave any warning that something dangerous was happening. And uh, it once delivered aid during World War One and carried thousands of tons of something. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, it simply vanished without a trace. And a lot of theories of mutiny, storms, poison, torpedoes circulated, but none of it made any sense. Everyone's like, what, what happened? happened? Um, Do they think? There was never a wreck, or they they never found any debris, so it was like, I don't know if there was a wreck. Some people even were like, maybe a giant squid <laughs> took the ship down, or... Uh, like a pirates i don't know it was just it disappeared and the navy secretary said joseph josephus josephus is not a real name but that's his name <laughs> josephus daniels wrote in 1919 there has never been no more baffling mystery in the annals of the navy than the disappearance last march of the uss cyclops wow i i so that kind of stuff, are you going to get to any theories about what people yeah. think? Okay, then I, I'll wait. Okay. Here's another one. And this is not ship related. So that's why it's like, uh, oh. in 1945, um, this is when the Bermuda Triangle legend like kind of took cultural awareness mm -hmm. of it being scary, is that um, five uh, bombers, like the plane, took off from a naval base in Fort Lauderdale and vanished before completing their mission. It's called Flight 19, and they were scheduled to complete a three-hour exercise. And they, uh, their compass failed, and they, the guy flying it was like, oh, I think we're going in the wrong direction. And he told the other planes to fly northeast to... Uh, towards florida but they were actually going further into the atlantic so further east instead of northeast and as they're getting closer to the Bermuda triangle their signals began fading according to historychannel.com and eventually all the communications were cut and the flights were never seen again and the last thing the pilot said was everything looks strange even the ocean it looks like we're entering white water we're completely lost scary i wish that people could see my face right now <laughs> you're oh like gosh. shook you're completely shook well because i just like oh, i like i'm i'm speechless that kind of stuff is i hate it it's so scary like what happened um, why how 
How do we find out? So the phrase the Bermuda Triangle was officially coined by Vincent Gaddis in a 1964 pulp magazine called The Deadly Bermuda Triangle. And he outlined several mysteries that happened there. Um, and that, that that was like what took off and everyone's like, the Bermuda Triangle is like crazy. I'm surprised there's not more like horror films or just like movies Should we about make the some? Bermuda Triangle. Copyright TM, don't take it. Okay. Um, so then another one, mm-hmm. this is another shipwreck. In 1967, uh, the cargo ship Sylvia L. Ossa, um, disappeared with 37 people on board, but they did find debris, uh, including a life preserver and a lifeboat, but n- the ship was never found. Theories obviously are abound with yes. what happens. Um, a lot of people think it's aliens. really yeah that's not my first guess that is actually what i thought like that's what i feel like i remember thinking but um other people this is interesting think it's the workings of the atlantis the mythical underwater city that that's where atlantis is that kind of makes sense because only because my theory had to do with what was under the water that there's something down there yeah but i guess this is like all these stories are crazy and creepy but this it's not this doesn't happen more here than anywhere else in the ocean like shipwrecks happen all the time wait oh interesting really yeah then why is wait what so but i mean it does happen like these happen these all did happen in this area but it's not like this happens like in like it doesn't happen anywhere else. Do you know what I mean? That's well, I think that's I guess what my they're question saying. is more like, OK, so let's say 10 percent of ships that go through the Bermuda Triangle disappear, yeah. whether it be from shipwrecks that we don't find the debris or whatever it is. Would you say that 10 percent of all ships in the ocean disappear? Like what is there a higher percentage? I think that's that what they're saying. No, they're I think saying, they're saying like, it, it's, it's it across doesn't. the board. It's yeah. the same for some reason. This one has just picked up. That's what they're saying. Mm. Shipwrecks happen all the time, but the mysteriousness of it like seems to happen more here. And that's why it's taken on this like mythic proportion. Mm. Do you know what so I mean? So it probably has something to do with tides yeah. or something that's pushing debris or yeah. So debris or something. Yes. You basically got it. They, um, no, no, no. So it, most of it is like severe weather changes, shallow waters. And I didn't know this was a thing, which I think I don't fully understand because I'm not scientific, but it's methane gas eruptions on the seafloor. Do you, have you heard about this crazy phenomenon? I, I, I have heard about like gas on the seafloor, but I don't know that I know of the phenomenon. So a big explanation is of that is called is large fields of methane hydrates which is a natural gas on continental shelves and apparently there was experiments made in australia that proved that bubble so it basically like carbonates the water so there's just a bunch of bubbles that enough bubbles can sink a ship by decreasing the density of the water whoa interesting so uh meaning that any wreckage on the surface would immediately be like sunk and dispersed and um these methane eruptions they're sometimes called mud volcanoes can produce regions of frothy water that uh can't that aren't buoyant enough for ships to sail on how fascinating science man so uh, and the methane is this, created yeah, as so, a byproduct of the Atlantis people breathing, right? Yeah. That's or, not true. <laughs> that's not true. That's not real. Um, so in an area forming... So if a ship sailed through an area, um, it would just sink really rapidly and without warning if it just happened to sail through wow. this area. That, I mean, let's not forget that all of these people lost their lives and that's incredibly sad. Um, but damn and then there's one other thing so about going back to atlantis mm-hmm. um this doesn't really have to anything to do with the Bermuda triangle but it has something to do with atlantis which okay. i had no idea existed so because i was like what even Wait, was is atlantis real no 
It was Sorry, a, I probably saw him really dumb. This is an underwater city we're talking about. <laughs> I wasn't sure if there was like an above ground city called Atlantis that maybe like sunk or something. No, so Atlantis, this is coming rising. from Wikipedia. So because okay. I just did a quick search, but I read this earlier. Atlantis was a fictional island mentioned in Plato's work that represented an antagonistic naval power that besieged ancient Athens and it and it got banished to the under the atlantic oh interesting so that's that's i didn't know that was was. the the origin but um there is this geological formation um in the bahamas called bme road that Mm. people believe proves that the atlantic exists that atlantis exists atlantis sorry i just how do you spell that what is it b-i-m-i-n-i road and it's an underwater rock formation that just looks like a road. And people are like. Oh, yeah, it does. Um, but it's it's natural. It's it's not. Isn't that crazy looking? That is crazy looking. Yeah, it literally looks like a road. Anyways, well, that's the huh. Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, I mean, I think that the. To go back to the Atlantis stuff, though, is I feel like the sea levels like the thing is like, you know, there's like Pangea and all this stuff, which Pangea is when everything was just like one continent. Like the Earth is so freaking old. Yeah. And I feel like there could have been at some point where, you know, if Bimini Road is a real thing where that was above ground and people were doing their stuff. And yeah, definitely. Eventually it just went below like in the sea. So I don't know. Maybe I sound like a well. A lot of a lot of things on Earth were underwater, right? Yeah, it's like why we have mountains. No, that's not why we have mountains. I'm so glad that you brought up mountains because guess what we're talking about next? Mountains? Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh my God! Good segue, me. (laughs) Yeah, you knew without even knowing. Okay, so what we're talking about today is the fact that mountains grow. Whoa. Okay. What? Can I just say that I watched, God, I sound like a crazy YouTube person. I watched so many videos this week of drone footage of the Matterhorn, of people climbing the Matterhorn. I don't understand people who climb mountains. Do you remember in high school, that guy, I won't say who it is, he's a family friend of ours, came in and talked at an assembly about climbing yes. Mount Everest and they played the Pirates of the Caribbean yes, theme song behind that. his speech. Yes. And I was like, I was like 16 and I was like, this is the corniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, I thought the punchline was going to be that you look back on it and it wasn't corny at all. To which I was going to say, Kate. No, no, no. I was like, I remember there's so many times in high school where I was like, I was a 50 year old, like, divorcee the way that i like thought about things i was like this is so cheesy (laughs) what are you saying to me no i'm with you on that i remember speaking of school assemblies gosh so embarrassing oh no i'm like reliving all these moments yeah so if you're listening i doubt unless you went to high school with us you don't know this about me but i was very involved in the student government so i was just like very in it whenever we had assemblies and stuff and i remember we used to have something called the gender was the The gender gender rallies which was on valentine's day and it was like girls versus boys sort of a thing um i wonder what they do about that now because it was really not it was like the opposite of progressive I mean, our high school kind of was. But, but it was just, I don't know. I feel like heart was in the right place. Poor execution. Yeah. Um, but I remember there was one point where at the beginning of the assembly, because I had an issue that there were so many signs that were telling the women to go back to the kitchen. And I was like, why are you letting people say this to us? Like, yeah. I don't understand because we can't say anything back. And so I remember I like worked it out with the like representative of the guys because I was the ASB vice president and he was the ASB president. And so he was gonna like offer me a sandwich or something as like a treaty. And then I was gonna like take a bite and like throw it at him. And it was one of those things where like, when we first talked about it, it seemed like a great idea. Like I was like, this is hilarious. This is gonna play out great. Like it's gonna go over wonderfully. And then we did it and it was just like completely silent and it was really bad. 
and wait just, i feel like, like i vaguely remember was, that but i also blocked out a lot of yeah, high school I was wearing assembly such a cute outfit though if i'm being honest of course. Like, here let me tell you what i was wearing okay. so i thrifted these pair of high-waisted shorts that i cut and they were this really fun like pink pattern wait thing. i feel like i remember these and shorts then i was wearing these like light pink um tights and I was wearing a zip-up Juicy Couture. Um, you love to see it. You uh, love to like see it. Like little terry cloth zip-up. And my hair was back. And I just remember I thought I looked really cute. And there was a picture of it somewhere. And I remember being like, said you look good. Um, but to go on, before we continue with mountains, just two more embarrassing assembly stories for you. Um, I'll save the best for last. But the second one was, so Kate and I, you're among royalty. Yeah. We were voted into the homecoming court. (laughs) And I just remember though, they said my name. I was sitting down in the senior section and they said my name and I was like, holy shit, I started my period. And I just remember thinking like, do I act like I didn't hear them? Because the senior section was all the way in the back. So you have to walk in front of the entire school to go up to the front of the stage. And I just remember like weighing my options of like, I remember I was wearing, I got dress coded after this too. I was wearing these shorts that I really liked that were high-waisted American flag shorts. Yes, I remember those shorts so well. Because I wore them so often. And I remember being like, okay, I'm either going to pretend that I don't hear them calling my name over the microphone or I just hope for the best and walk forward (laughs) and hope that there's no period blood on my pants. And I don't believe there was, maybe there was a little (laughs) bit, but it didn't show in the back. But I remember I asked Kyle, I'm not going to say his last name just because privacy reasons but kyle's one of my really good friends i actually still talk to him oh kyle yeah kyle's great um but i remember asking kyle like i need you to look at my ass and tell me like give me a thumbs up or something and i like looked back and he gave me the thumbs up and i was like we're good and then the third embarrassing i had i had a lot of trauma about when that happened though Oh, oh, go tell me, tell me. Because Cause so, I, yeah, Kate and I both got voted into the court. Yes, the most unexpected thing that's happened to me in my entire life, <laughs> still to this day. I'm like, why did that happen? You got a crown. Well, okay, because in high school, I still have I my crown. I was not hot. Like, you were hot in high school. Albeit no. weird. I was pretty weird. You, I think that I think leveled you were, everything out. It kept I, me humble. Well, yeah, you were like a hot girl in high school, but that I think that's why... What was funny about you is you were also so weird. So I feel like people didn't always know how to deal with that. <laughs> people definitely did not know how to reconcile with what the weird things I was doing in high school. We used yeah. to use the walls as ping pong. They, like, or what is that? What's that thing called? Boom. I'm not <laughs> what you're doing. It's the little machines and you put in the ball. Oh, and- um, uh, uh. Pinball. Pinball. We used to pinball off. There was a narrow hallway in the science hallway. And Miles and I used to walk up there and we'd run as fast as we could to hit the wall. Oh my God, wall, I remember you doing that. And then we'd that. just spin through. That was a good hallway to do It that. was a great hallway. But so I digress. Weird child. Well, I, I was remain weird. fully weird. And I also wasn't hot, which it's fine because I had a really good glow up after high oh, school. Yeah, we love a glow up. But... I just like, but here's the thing that I didn't really, I took for granted at the time, which was I did actually have a lot of friends, yeah. like randomly. Like I just had so many different friends. And I think that's why I got it just because like, yeah, well, A, Victoria thought it was funny if like I got it. She was like, you should get it because like, yes. And so I feel like that's why, I don't know. I was so confused why I got it. And then when I was walking up, I was like, I'm like the ugly person that's getting it oh, as a joke. Stop. And do you know what though? What? My sister thinks that to this day. She's like, yeah, there's always I, I one joke right. person. I don't think that's but right. But if you look at the panel, it was kind of a little bit. No, because I can identify. No. Because Matt, my, so. our friend Mac, he told me because he was a sophomore. He was like, yeah, everyone thought it was a joke. <gasps> and I was like, no. no. Maybe he's just saying that to be mean to me. I think he, I don't think it was a joke. I don't. Okay. I don't think it was a joke. But I do remember, sorry, this is such a tangent, um, but just so quick, everyone. Okay. If you want to skip ahead, feel free. But I, I need to get this out. Um, 
So I remember our high school, the gr- the grade above us, there was a most artistic. Yeah. Oh, are you gonna? And the girl <laughs> who won wore a ton of makeup, and so everyone voted for her because they felt like she painted on painted her face. on her face. And they let them. Wouldn't you think that somebody would look through it and say, "No, this is not right." Well, okay. And then our final embarrassing moment of Sydney's life when it came to assemblies was my junior year or I guess sophomore going into junior year I ran for class president which I did not win and I as so you have to say a speech to your grade I don't know if you rem- you'll remember this I rem- I helped on your campaign no that was the real one that was when it was ASB oh this was another this one. was another one where it was class president and I started so I had a whole speech written out and then before I had seen the episode of the office where Dwight gives the speech I remember this good morning Vietnam which is a reference to something I had never seen before but he says that right and so I thought it would be really funny if I started my speech by saying good morning Vietnam because everyone watches the office and they must understand the reference right I so remember that. No. I walk up on stage and I go, good morning, Vietnam. Crickets. Absolutely not. (laughs) But the thing is, when I look back on it, like, what was I expecting? Everybody to burst out laughing? Absolutely. Nobody was going to do that. Yeah. I really appreciate it and love it. (sighs) Thank you. You got my vote. Thanks. Gosh. Alex still makes fun of me that I lost. Who cares? I mean, so did... Richard Dixon. <laughs> he has a presidential library he, in your so, window. He also, uh, <laughs> Watergate. <laughs> Anyways, mountains grow. So I was, I don't remember why I looked this up, um, but I think I saw something that said something about mountains growing and I was like, that's not true. And so then I Googled it, but mountains actually totally grow. Can I guess why? Yeah, guess why. It's because they're tectonic plates that push up against each other and then they grow. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. So I I come from a family of geologists. That's why I know that. Wait, really? Yeah. No way. Yeah. No. Who's a geologist? My grandmother and my uncle. Oh, okay. My grandmother is like a badass geologist and she... This is another tangent. It's it's really short. She um, studied geology, wanted to be a geologist, got a job in Peru. Being a geologist flies down there. And they're like, oh, she went by Ginny. They thought Ginny was a boy's name. And they were like, oh, we don't have facilities for women. Like, you can't be a geologist here. And she was stuck in Peru. What? And she was like a farm girl from Kansas. Like she had yeah. no, and so she became a flight attendant so she could get home. And then she beca- she was like a hot flight attendant in like the heyday, like the 1940s. Yeah. And like, yeah, Miami and she like, yeah, she flew for United. And she's like, she flew the first emu from New Zealand or Australia to the United States. And she's like in the newspaper in her flight attendant outfit holding an emu. It's so cool. What? And she, back then, you couldn't be married if you were a flight, if a stewardess is what they mm-hmm. called them. Um, so her and my grandfather got married in secret. And wow. Then she quit when she got pregnant because she obviously couldn't hide that. Anyways. Fascinating. Secret history. Did she ever get to realize her, like, dream of being a geologist? No. Oh, that's horrible. But she, well, I mean, kind of, because they moved to Hawaii and my mom grew up there. And my uncle was like, a, like, he's really into biology and geology and so they went to a lot of volcanoes okay. and like she would photograph volcanoes okay which is cool sounds like she won out there she 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 did well for herself um but yes okay well i mean if you know this stuff then that's helpful because it was a little dense for me so maybe okay. you can help me unpack it um but basically mountains gr- for those who don't know mountains grow when movements of the earth's crust push the rocks up And so research from U of A, University of Arizona, also shows that glaciers 
help actively growing mountains become higher by protecting them from erosion. And apparently the quote conventional view of glaciers is that they are powerful agents of erosion that carve deep fjords and move massive amounts of sediment down mountains. And that's from Science Daily. Now, the erosion effect of glaciers, which is dubbed the glacial buzzsaw, reverses on mountains in colder climates. Wait. So instead, so in the cold, <laughs> instead of glaciers eroding mountains and making them smaller, they actually are protecting them. In colder climates. I in see. Colder I see. climates. Because they're yes. not melting. More or less, yes. Yep. Um, and so here's how glacial glaciers typically limit heights. The Wait, difference. Can you, one second, can you define glacier? Is it just a bunch of ice? Like what even? So a glacier is a slowly moving mass or river of ice formed by the accumulation and compaction of snow on mountains or okay. near the poles. So yes. Great. So more or less. Yes. Um, but here's how glaciers typically limit heights. Um, again, the difference really is climates. So glaciers on top glaciers on top mountains in temperate latitudes flow downhill, which erode the surface of the mountain. And over a long, long, long periods of time, like millennia, um, it can reduce the height and width of the of mountain range by miles. miles. Whoa. Um, but in cold climates like Patagonian Andes, instead of scraping the surface of the mountain, the team found that the, the team, the U of A team, uh, found that glaciers actually protect the mountaintop and sides from erosion. Whoa. Yeah. So the thing is, I learned that mountains grow and then I learned that mountains don't grow forever. So there's two factors that actually limit this. Okay. One is gravity and the other is rivers. So rivers, we'll start with rivers. They make mountains appear taller by carving into the edges of the mountains and eroding material. But as it erodes, the channels might become too steep, which can trigger landslides. And these carry material away from the mountain, thus limiting its growth. And then gravity is that many mountains form, again, because of movements in the Earth's surface layer, a.k.a. plate tectonics. And this theory describes Earth's crust as mobile and dynamic, divided into two large pieces that inch around with time. And when those two plates collide, the impact forces material to move upward, which is how the Himalayas were formed. So the plates keep pushing together and the mountains keep growing until it becomes, quote, too hard to do that work against gravity. And that quote is from Nadine McQuarrie, who talked to live science and she's a professor in the department of geology and environmental science at university of Pittsburgh. Wow. Um, so a fun fact, technically, and I'm probably going to get this pronunciation wrong. Um, Mauna Kea is, which is an inactive volcano in Hawaii mm -hmm. is the world's tallest mountain, not Everest. If it was measured from its base to its summit, because its base is in the Pacific Ocean. That's so cool. And it's 19,700 feet below sea level, and its peak is 13,796 above sea level. So it's actually more of it is below the ocean. Wait, what is that called again? Mauna Kea, M A U N A K A K E A. That is, I don't know why I love that so much. I thought you would really like that. I just, I mean, wow. Right? So other ways that mountains form are there can be volcanic mountains like in Hawaii, which form from molten rock that erupts through the planet's crust and pile up. Uh, but even those don't grow forever and they stop because eventually become too heavy and gravity wins. Uh, so if Earth had less gravity, mountains would be a lot taller, which is why on Mars they have taller mountains. So Mars has Olympus Mons, which is the tallest known volcano in the solar system. And it is 82,020 feet, which is three times taller than Mount Everest. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Whoa. And Mars has low gravity and high eruption rates. So that's kind of how we got there. Um, but finally, the Andes would, people did calculations. And if you only accounted for the collision of the two plates, um, then the Andes would only be half their actual height. And so that's how much they have continued to grow. Like if you're only counting like the initial like time. Oh, because the, the glaciers helped them grow taller. Um, here, I'll read exactly okay. what it is. So Simon Lamb and Paul Davis in Nature, which is a weekly scientific journal, which also that made me feel like I was like, oh my gosh, I continue to be such an intellectual. Because when I was a bio major, 
you know, you had to do so many reports and whatever and scientific journals. And I remember I would use nature as one of my sources quite frequently. Full circle. Uh, But anyways, they explain that um, in the article in Nature says, quote, Lamb and Davis argue that the extra push comes from the fact that the forces of the plate collision are forced on a small area, a stretch of the plate boundary where the friction in the trench between the Pacific and South America is particularly high, high friction in that trench. The cold water current that sweeps up the west coast of Peru and Chile from high southern latitudes encourages little water evaporation and therefore little rain. So we, what we have is high friction in the trench as well as little rain. And that means that there are no rivers to dump worn mountain sediment back into the ocean. The sediment that could act as a lubrication. Instead, the trench off the coast of the Andes is rough and dry. And that extra friction, says the authors, Lamb and Davis, helps to prop up the mountains. So there could also be a positive feedback loop in place, which means that the higher the mountains grow, the drier the coastline gets because the wet air would be blocked by the tall mountains, which reduces erosion and props the mountains up more. Thus the rich get more. richer. There you go. So mountains grow. How... So how fast do they grow? Like it's like very slow. <laughs> like it's like one millimeter per day. No, that's pretty fast, right? That's like really fast. Yeah, because that would it's like microscopic. Three hundred and sixty-two millimeter or That's a lot of millimeters. Yeah, a year. It's hard for me to wrap my head around like things happening that slow are they even happening at all yeah do you know what i mean but i feel like that's like aging yeah you it's know true. like i feel like so i tried <laughs> i don't know youtube so there was this youtube video of a girl who a woman who took a picture of herself oh, every I've day and it's like do it has this like really pretty piano or whatever there's an app actually that reminds you to take a photo of yourself every day and automatically makes like a, a did you do it, it? I, I always forget. Oh. I see the, the notification pops up at 6 p.m. every day, and I just totally You're like, forget. I can't take a picture right but now. But I wanted to because I think that that's interesting to see. You know, you see yourself every day, so you don't notice. Yeah. But, like, what little changes. Like, I wonder if you measured it. Like, what change, how much is your face or person changing in a day? And how many days does it take before it's noticeable to your eye? And how many days does it take to that it's noticeable to somebody that maybe you see once a month. No, totally. I, yeah, it's so weird to think about. I just noticed that I have neck wrinkles now and I'm like, when did those come? Oh my gosh, so I hate that kind of stuff. This influencer that I followed, I actually don't think I follow her anymore. It doesn't matter. She posted this whole thing about how she was like partnering with this company that has like this revolutionary new cream to help like your neck wrinkles because like we're all looking at our phones and so now we have these neck wrinkles and there was like a word for it and ever since then I now look and I'm like oh my gosh I neck wrinkles and I've sort of gotten over it but I hate when that like wall is broken yeah you hate where it's like I was totally okay with my neck wrinkles like before I saw this and now I want to buy this stupid cream I didn't buy it because I'm just like absolved to the fact that I have neck wrinkles and that's fine with me but yeah I mean yeah if everyone has that's like when the eyebrow trend happened and someone was like yeah you don't have any eyebrows and I was like you don't have eyebrows no I'm looking at them right now well they're drawn in wait seriously yeah and I you have so if you didn't draw in your eyebrows you would just have nothing they end halfway Oh, interesting. I'm really good at drawing them in because you cannot tell, right? Yeah, I would not. That's impressive. Wait, just like genetically or did you? It's it's you genetic, did, actually. My oh. my mom and grandmother both there. It's like not that I don't have the end, but it's so blonde. Oh. So like this part is like like darker blonde. And then the yeah, anyways. Less. But now it sucks because I lived for 20 years and like didn't even notice and then someone's like you should fill in your eyebrows and I was like and now I can't even business now I like can't even not have them on even if I'm home all day by myself I put them on because I don't like (laughs) to look at myself without (laughs) eyebrows on well at least you're doing it for yourself that's true I think I was really lucky for this but for some reason I was never exposed to like the body shaming like body dysmorphia that I feel like a lot of high schoolers specifically high school girls you're talking to one um 
notice because I think I was so engulfed in athletics Mm -hmm. that I was just so focused on like, how do I make myself stronger? How do I like make my body work for me? Like it's a machine, let's do this. And then it was as soon as I quit volleyball was when I started noticing, which was also when I started spending more time on Tumblr and the stupid thigh gap was a thing. And I, before that, that, like, I can tell you the day that I realized that my thighs touched. Oh. And it's like, sh- why are we doing this to ourselves? Yeah, come on. Well, and what's so funny about all this is it doesn't take into account any, like, it's just like one person has that. So that's the beauty standard. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's like literally no one has that. You know what I mean? It's, well, it's like some people have it and some people don't. And that's totally fine. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I don't know. But it completely broke my brain. Yeah. And then I remember, <laughs> I remember I quickly, because once I quit volleyball, I gained a ton of weight because I went from having like two a days to having no a days. And my, like, I would eat like 12 bowls of cereal a day. My eating habits maybe weren't the healthiest for maintaining a figure or having a healthy body um or vitals or whatever but I remember I was like wait my abs are gone and I like was watching this video that was like how to get abs and it was all about how to contour your stomach with like makeup to make it look like you had abs but I was so naive that I was like oh is this just how people maintain their abs is you just like draw it on like oh huh okay and so I was like so convinced that the only way I would have abs was if I sound so stupid I was like almost 18 oh my gosh you never know I mean online has kind of melted our brains into not understanding I think I just really exposed myself but yeah, Tumblr, man, really well, taught me a lot about hand jobs, though. <laughs> I'll give you that. I mean, it was can my I? Source. I don't know. If this needs to go on here, but there, when I worked at the gallery, there's this artist that we showed whose website was his Tumblr page, which <laughs> like he he only posted like it was just his art. Oh, okay. Right. But it was like he used Tumblr. Tumblr to like host it or whatever. Uh-huh. But so we were getting ready for his exhibition and I was putting his website on like our press release and everything. And I just happened to go on it. And on his Tumblr profile, you know how sometimes you can see someone's likes like it'll yeah. be a thing. Oh, no. <laughs> I click I'm like I click on it and it's just all porn Tumblr it's just all porn and I Tumblr was the place for that I didn't maybe I didn't didn't follow those people I thought it wasn't allowed I followed a lot of really risque so I would see some of it come across but this was like but it was so intense and I like didn't know what to say (laughs) and so I made my boss the the owner of the gallery Uh like email him and was like hey buddy (laughs) You can't make another account. But then he made a real website, so... Okay, well, it all worked out for him It was professional training. (laughs) Yeah, actually, I want to say it was Yahoo who acquired Tumblr. Did they? They, like, really cracked down on it. I'm going to double-check that, Yahoo Tumblr. They, like, really cracked down on it. And, um... Yes, so... In 2013... Wow, that was in 2013? 2013... Yahoo acquired Tumblr for $1.1 billion in cash. What? How was Tumblr worth that much? I mean, think about it. Do it people still like use an, it a lot? I'm not sure how many people. As of 29, August 2019, Tumblr hosts over 475 million blogs. Should I get back on? Am I, I too old? I Tumblr every once in a while. Oh. I don't know my login. That's what I end I don't with. know my login either. So I just check my actual Tumblr page. And it sucks because... I use this little flourish that's like really tacky and I hate it, but it has photo bucket um, like watermarks all over it now for some reason. Um, Wait, but, but so you can log into your account? No, I can't. That's why I can't change that. But I know my URL. So you just look at your own? Yeah. Okay. I do that to my old one. It yeah, was good. I don't know. It, well, it makes me happy because I feel like aside from my love of like, um what would you call that not graphic tees but just like i really liked like just text Mm -hmm. and like kind of like those tumblr-esque um sayings other than that i think that my aesthetic has 
been pretty consistent. Yeah, I'm looking at mine now. And I'm like, so proud same of that. as mine. Yeah, it really hasn't changed at all. Like, there's one that I'm looking at right now that says, a doctor called me sick. I said, true. And it's like a cat flipping off the camera doing like a, like an ollie. Makes sense. Like, I'm into that. I like it. Yeah, I'm like not mad. I'm like, wow, like, I'm not she's consistent. About this. You guys can look it up. A facade.tumblr.com. A facade. Mine's visions of jack.tumblr.com. Oh, yeah, right. Jack Kerouac. Anyways. Anyways, that's tumblr which may or may not stay in the podcast <laughs> that felt like a really long tangent um is that all we have to say yeah i, I did want to mention i'm looking at this look at this whoa the whoa. cat look at how pointy that top of the mountain is how did it stay that yeah. way sorry i'm distracted by the formation that my cat's in right now yeah i don't mountains i mean we we've talked about oceans on this podcast we were talking (laughs) about mountains i i feel like just nature in general completely blows my mind yeah because i feel like so much of what exists out there i just how why yeah i don't and that's why i love physics so much even though i'm so bad at it is because mathematically it really explains a lot yeah so interesting complete trash well did you ever have to take physics no, I was going to, and then I got scared. Oh, dude, it's, I couldn't even explain why it's so hard, but physics is so difficult for my brain. And I just, but I, it's like, I want it to love me so bad. And it just does not like that boyfriend that kept cheating on oh, me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I am upset because we keep talking about high school, but you know how in our high school, you had to take an entrance exam to show what you were good at. Did you? Just, I don't remember that. I remember doing interviews, but I you don't had to take an exam, exam to see what classes they would place you in, or maybe it was just a me thing because I came from public school. I don't know. So I, I took it and I scored really high on math and science, which, like, mm-hmm. if you know me, is like not what I seem like. Mm-hmm. And We're now in honors come together. Yeah, but now I'm like, maybe that was a mistaken path. Maybe if I applied myself, <laughs> I would actually be good at it because I placed into algebra two yeah in but like going into freshman year which is like not no that's what i took did you take geometry i also took honors geo yeah. i think you take geometry and then algebra like i was like three grades oh. ahead yeah that's way ahead. and we got those results and my parents were like what and so i took regular algebra <laughs> Cause, oh really because i hadn't i don't think i had taken it yet oh, but yeah, i was like why did cookie. i why did i I'm not trying to sound a brag. This is just me saying maybe I should get into science. Maybe that is my untapped potential. I don't know. I think you'd really like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think you'd like it. Like I said, I the thing is, I really like science, but unfortunately, I realized I wouldn't like it as a career. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I majored in it because I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. I just don't like things that I think are interesting and then people make the tests really hard <laughs> that's something i don't like actually anyways um okay. i think that's all for today but thanks so much for listening thanks for bearing with us um you can find me sydney goodman over on any social network sid so good also check out my blog so good dot blog Ooh, that's our network yeah and actually we have a website so good.com blog slash shut up keep going all one word check it out check it out and leave a review please yes only if it's five stars though (laughs) five star reviews only thank you where can we find you kate oh nowhere perfect (laughs) i love that okay bye bye